The European Society for Medical Oncology Annual Meeting 2023 took place on the 20th to 23rd of October in Madrid, Spain. We had loads of great updates and discussion during the meeting and spoke to some of the presenters on the biggest trials. In this podcast, we're going through some of the highlights from our interviews with leading experts in lung cancer. To begin with, we have Nicholas Gerard from the Institute Curie Research Centre discussing the primary results of the phase 3 papillon trial investigating amivantamab plus chemotherapy as first-line treatment in EGFR exon 20 insertion mutated advanced non-small cell lung cancer. Yeah, papillon is the first phase 3 study to demonstrate a benefit in patients with EGFR exon 20 insertion mutated non-small cell lung cancer. Papillon compared in a randomized fashion amivantamab plus chemotherapy versus chemotherapy alone in 308 patients with metastatic non-small cell lung cancer and an EGFR exon 20 insertion mutation who are treatment naive for metastatic disease. Uh, Papillon met its primary endpoint, which is progression-free survival by uh, BICR, and the median PFS was uh, for uh, 11.4 months for amivantamab plus chemotherapy versus 6.7 months for chemotherapy uh, alone. This is a reduction by uh, 60% in the risk of disease progression, and this is a highly significant uh, result. So we have also in Papillon a, a, a higher response rate, longer duration of response, longer PFS2, and an interim analysis uh, which favors uh, overall survival uh, uh, with amivantamab plus chemotherapy versus chemotherapy alone. So, uh, important data, amivantamab plus chemotherapy is probably the new standard of care for the patients uh, with EGFR exon uh, 20 insertion mutated non-sponsor lung cancer in the first-line setting. Next, we have Crispin Hiley from the University College London Cancer Institute sharing an overview of the Phase 2 Darwin 2 trial, a multicenter molecularly stratified trial designed to investigate how intratumor heterogeneity influences treatment response in patients with non-small cell lung cancer. Patients uh, with metastatic non-small cell lung cancer receive immunotherapy as a standard of care and uh, with anti-PD-1 or anti-PD-1 immunotherapy and people have retrospectively shown that uh, patients whose tumours have a higher proportion of uh, clonal mutations are more likely to have a clinical benefit from these treatments. And then more recently people have shown, demonstrated or suggested that uh, uh, subclonal uh, mutations um, uh, both from retrospective analyses and from preclinical work are associated with a diminished anti-tumour immune response. But no one's ever uh, shown that prospectively. And, and so we set up the Darwin 2 clinical trial in 2016 to answer this question of how important is intertumor heterogeneity for the response to uh, um, systemic therapy for lung cancer. And at ESMO 2023, I presented the result interim analysis of the Darwin 2 study uh, and of the first arm of this uh, non randomized umbrella study where patients without an actionable mutation received uh, immunotherapy predominantly with tezolizumab and uh, this study was different from other uh, clinical trials um, in that we recruited patients from the longitudinal tracer x trial so this is a study where patients had a resection for their early lung cancer uh, the tumor was uh, subjected to multi-region whole exome sequencing uh, and then these patients were followed longitudinally 
And unfortunately, when some of those patients relapsed with uh, metastatic disease, we approached them for uh, participation in the Darwin II study. Um, and the primary and secondary objectives of the, of the trial were, were really to look at how, what is the influence and association of markers of intra-tumor heterogeneity with progression-free survival and tumor response, uh, respectively. With the hypothesis that patients with uh, high um, clonal uh, tumor mutation burdens would have increased clinical benefit from immunotherapy. And so we recruited 45 patients from within the Darwin uh, II study who received a tezolizumab, and then another 25 patients had immunotherapy as part of the Tracer X trial, but, but outside of the Darwin II study, partly during the, the period that the trial was, the Darwin II trial was uh, close to recruitment during the pandemic. Um, and we presented the, the data of this, these 70 patients um, together as a single cohort. Uh, and, I, and I think it was important to highlight that uh, different from uh, the retrospective analyses that we have been done, where people have assessed clonality and uh, you know, tumor heterogeneity from a single sample, we used uh, multi-region whole exome sequencing for the patient's primary tumor, as well as the biopsy at relapse, to really have a, a really in-depth understanding of, uh, of tumor heterogeneity and how important that was for response to therapy. And what we found at the uh, time of this interim analysis for the primary objective, which was investigator-assessed PFS, uh, that uh, clonal tumor mutation uh, uh, burden had a hazard ratio of 0.7 for uh, um, uh, progression-free survival, although the confidence interval spanned one, so this was not at this time significant. Um, um, and we presented an analysis of 48 of 70 patients where we had uh, the whole, all of the multi-region and multi-omic uh, sequencing data because we have whole exome sequencing, RNA sequencing, methylation sequencing, TCR sequencing. Um, and so we did some additional exploratory analyses for the, for the primary endpoint that shows that uh, high levels of transcriptomic heterogeneity and high levels of epigenetic heterogeneity are associated with a um, shorter progression-free survival times with a hazard ratio of 2.0, and they were both statistically significant. And then for the secondary endpoint of uh, durable clinical benefit, defined as, uh, as, as a stable disease, partial response or complete response lasting for six months or longer, we find that clonal tumor mutation burden is associated with uh, clinical benefit with an odds ratio of 5.7 um, in favor of clinical benefit. Uh, um, and that's for patients who have a high clonal, clonal mut tumor mutation burden above four clonal mutations per megabase of DNA. And at this time, that was the only uh, a per protocol uh, um, metric that was significant. And, um, and interestingly, uh, the high levels of, levels of transcriptomic heterogeneity were, were the, the relationship between that and the poor outcome were, were maintained. Um, we're actively looking at, um, uh, at a, a wide number of, of different metrics to look at how that are influ might influence the response to, uh, to immunotherapy and how tumor heterogeneity influences that. But this is the first study to, to, to prospectively suggest that uh, clonal mutations are associated with clinical benefit and that um, high levels of uh, transcriptomic heterogeneity are, showed, are associated with reduced progression-free survival and reduced clinical benefit. And we look forward to uh, presenting in publication form the analysis of the entire cohort with adjustments for known prognostic factors. And now we have Buyong Chol Cho from Yonsei University discussing the Phase 3 Mariposa trial, exploring the combination of amivantamab plus lizertinib versus osimertinib as a first-line treatment option for EGFR-mutated locally advanced or metastatic non-small cell lung cancer.
My proposal uh, is a randomized phase three study comparing amivantamab plus legitinib uh, versus osimertinib in EGFR mutated advanced NRCLC. So during uh, this year ESMO, we will uh, present a primary and some of the uh, secondary endpoint of a mariposa study. So in terms of a primary endpoint, a primary endpoint of mariposa study was to evaluate PFS of amivantama plus legitinib uh, compared to osimertinib uh, by Bicker uh, per uh, resist version 1.1. And secondary endpoint of the study was, uh, was uh, overall survivor duration of response and PFS2, etc. So uh, regarding PFS, uh, the, by Beaker, the primary endpoint of, of Mariposa study, uh, we demonstrate a statistically significant and clinically meaningful PFS improvement with amivantamab uh, plus legitinib compared to osimertinib. Median PFS was uh, 23.7 months in the amivantamab plus legitinib compared to 16.6 months in osimertinib with a hazard ratio of 0.7 and p-value of less than 0 0.001. Uh, we also demonstrated uh, uh, improved uh, PFS2 uh, with a reduction of 25% uh, uh, reduction of second disease progression uh, or death uh, with Mvantama plus Legitinib compared to Osimertinib. Uh, here, uh, uh, during uh, ASMO, we also present uh, interim overall survival analysis. Although uh, median overall survival uh, was not estimable uh, in both arms, uh, we demonstrate a very uh, strong uh, trend uh, favoring amivantamab plus legitinib compared to osimertinib in first-line EGFR mutant lung cancer. Coming to the safety, uh, uh, the incidence of a treatment emergent adverse event, uh, in amivantama plus legitinib was higher compared to osimertinib. However, uh, uh, treatment-related adverse event leading to uh, discontinuation of all aging was occurred in 10% in amivantama plus legitinib compared to 3% in osimertinib. Most of adverse event uh, in amivantama plus legitinib was on target uh, EGFR MAT related adverse event, mostly grade one or two. We also observed higher incidence of VTE, the uh, uh, AE of special interest. Uh, uh, however, uh, most of uh, VTE were, were grade one or two and effectively managed by anticoagulation. So based on Mariposa study, amivantamab uh, uh, plus uh, legitinib is a new standard of care for the uh, treatment of EG EGFR mutant advanced NLCLC. Up next, Benjamin Bessie from Gustav Rossi discusses an evaluation of the safety and preliminary efficacy of AZD7789, a bispecific antibody targeting PD-1 and TIM-3 in patients with advanced or metastatic non-small cell lung cancer with previous anti-PD-L1 therapy. AZD7789, or sabestomig, is a B-specific antibody against 
PD1 and TIM3. TIM3 is one of the mechanisms of resistance to PD1 and PDL1 blockade. So uh, it had sense to uh, develop a drug to try to reinvigorate the T cells at the time of progression after uh, the PD1 and PDL1 that we use in first line metastatic patients. So this dose escalation first in human study was done in patients after a chemo and immunotherapy for say 3B or 4 metastatic non-transcendent cancer and EPDL1 uh, uh, expression. 45 patients were enrolled, but statistics uh, uh, <clears throat> receive a biologically active dose. In terms of safety, um, the, the drug has a nice safety profile. A third of the patients develop an immune-mediated adverse event, mostly grade one and grade two. There was one case of ILD grade two. And in terms of uh, uh, side effects, losium room is special. 60% had the treatment emergent adverse event, mostly fatigue, nausea, and uh, some uh, grade uh, 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 3D decrease hemoglobin level or anemia and one uh, 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 case of dyspnea related to the ILD. Um, there was no dose limiting toxicity, no grade four or grade five. And we also show that some of the patients had some sign of efficacy among the 30 patients that had the biologically active dose, four had a confirmed partial response, some with PDL1 negative tumors, some EVD pretreated, some uh, that did not respond to the previous PD-1 or PDL-1 blockade. So probably there is a role for this TIM3 modulation uh, in the field of uh, PD-1 or PDL-1 blockade resistance. So the trial is still ongoing. We have expansion cohort either in second line in these patients with secondary resistance to immunotherapy in at least 1% of PDL1 expression on tumor cells. And another cohort in untreated metastatic patients, first line, when PDL1 is higher than 50%. Lastly, James R. Black from University College London discusses the development of Next Personal, a whole genome based tumor informed assay for ultra sensitive and highly specific circulating tumor DNA detection. The talk again this morning was looking at a new ultra-sensitive circulating tumour DNA detection assay in the TracerX study of lung cancer. So TracerX is a um, uh, prospective observational clinical trial where patients with early stage lung cancer have undergone surgical resection with curative intent and they've had blood sampled preoperatively and then also during the disease course. And what we were looking at was the impact of an ultra-sensitive assay for stratifying patients um, into different groups based on clinical outcome. Now, we've looked at this before using less sensitive assays, um, where typically the limit of detection uh, is around 80 parts per million of ctDNA. And what we'd shown there previously was that um, ctDNA negative tumors at baseline tend to do much better. But an important question that remained was, to what extent was the, um, uh, to what extent could this be improved using a more sensitive approach? So we teamed up with Personalis, who are a US-based company who have Next Personal, which is their whole genome sequencing, second-generation tumor-informed ctDNA assay. They track 1,800 mutations, uh, and their LOD is around uh, one to three parts per million. 
And what we showed was that if you stratify patients by whether next person identifies ctDNA in the blood preoperatively, those that are ctDNA negative at that time point have an extraordinarily good prognosis. So the uh, five-year overall survival of lung adenocarcinomas without ctDNA detected was 100%. Now, an important result was what happened when we focused on tumours that had uh, ctDNA detected at below the limit of detection of the previous most sensitive approach looked at in TracerX. So this is 80 parts per million of ctDNA. And what we showed was that tumours that where ctDNA was detected at below 80 ppm by next personal, this assay, had a much better prognosis than ctDNA negative tumours as defined by next personal. So this really opens up interesting avenues in terms of disease stratification, pathological staging, um, implementing ctDNA uh, in that. Thank you for listening. If you have found this podcast insightful, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at VG Oncology to join in the conversation and check out vgoncology.com for all of our exclusive coverage on data presented at ESMO 2023.